paraphrasing. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. I read. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a divine will in heaven that has to be done in heaven all the time. God always has a will which he wants us to see, to understand, and to walk in it on earth. So the will has to one come from above. The will has to come from a supreme being. And it has to be done or be enforced on earth. The will is not enforced in heaven, but it's enforced on earth. So um, I wrote something down. I said, before we all got saved, we got saved because Christ Jesus came as a result of the will of the Father. The will of the Father. Not because of the will of man, but the will of the Father to redeem us from darkness into light. And the appearance of Jesus in the scriptures, when we read John chapter 1, it says that, and he came, and he came to light everyone who came into this world. So Jesus came to redeem us from darkness, okay? And by so doing, he changed certain equations, certain establishments that was already there. And if you do a little bit of reading in Genesis, we get to understand that when man fell, we lost a lot of things. The perfect will of God was distracted. Um, the authority that man had was taken away and ran, death reigned over man and sin reigned over man. So the God of this world, is, the devil had authority to, 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 to oppress men, to have a lot of things, to lead them contrary to what God had what set in place. Okay? And for us to be able to follow in the way that God has given unto us, one of the things that we need is obedience. Anyone who cannot obey cannot follow after the will of God. Obedience. Obedience is the key. Obedience is the key. So you, you know that your obedience to Hearing the word of God let you or moved you to believe and to confess Christ as your what? Lord and personal savior. That was it. Okay. Now, to be able to appreciate the divine will for your life, you need to first understand how and what the will of the devil is. Because if there's a will of God, if it's, there's a divine will, there also has to be another will that is not divine from God. 
And i like us to read something in John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10 says something. It's a very common scripture. I think most of us might know. It says that thief does not come except to steal, one, to kill, two, and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. So the will of God through his son Jesus Christ is that we will have life. Okay? We will have life and not just any life, abundant life. That is the qualification. So your life has to be fruitful. It has to increase. Abundant. See? So when you look at Genesis, God says that man be fruitful, multiply, and increase. And Jesus says that you have life and life abundantly. So it confirms the will of God, that God is a God of increase. He's not a God of stagnation. He has a perfect will. But the Bible says that the thief, see, the thief, there are a lot of thieves, but the scriptures said, the thief, there is a thief that comes to one steal, to kill, and to destroy. The whole assignment of, or the entire assignment of the devil is to what? Divert or to steal or to kill or to destroy the divine will for man. For you and I as a believer, as a Christian. You see, the devil comes to steal our focus or our vision. Our focus or our vision. So in the beginning, when God created man, I love to build up from the beginning so we can work our way through, I mean, the, the Bible as, as, as we are building the doctrine. The Bible says, and God gave man an assignment to watch and turn over the garden because God had given him the garden of Eden and he had placed man in the garden. See, that was his will. That man will have authority, will be able to do whatever that man is supposed to do to increase, to procreate, to take dominion over everything. That was the priority. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, um, that something happened. The man lost sight of the will of God, of the focus, of the vision that God had given to man. You see, most of us, God has given us an assignment, divine assignment. I mean, Christ Jesus said that we should what, be able to go out into the ends of the world and reach out to the lost. That is part of the will. But that is a general will for all. But there is a specific will for every single believer. So I've always been saying that salvation, getting saved, and having your name in the book of life isn't only the will of God, but it goes beyond that. Getting married, giving birth, having wonderful certifications, um, traveling and everything, it's all part of the will. But it is not the divine will. The divine will is the assignment God has for you. And until you come to a point where you understand 
and get to know and fulfill it. You are outside it. So the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent, that's another name, the thief. When we read Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat every tree of the garden? The first point that we are raising is how we miss the divine will and how we walk in the will of the world or in a contrary will that isn't the will for your life. It's one through disobedience. You see, Satan or the devil will always come to steal the vision that God has given to you. Okay? Will always come to do that. Will always come to destroy. Will always come to kill. So the Bible says that, and he came purposely to what? To undermine the vision. So the first conversation that happened, it says, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The word of God has given his will to you. God has given a will to you. You have prayed, you have dreamt about it. I mean, you received a lot of prophecies about the will. You have that inner conviction of the will of God for your life. But for some reason, there's a point in your life where doubt might come in. You see, the devil works in a wonderful way. He first brings about doubt to make you unstable. So the Bible says that a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. First James, James chapter 1. Said they are unstable in all their ways. So anytime the seed of doubt comes in, it means that the devil wants to what, try as much as possible to cause you to lose focus. And anyone who has doubts cannot focus. Your decision is impaired. It's impaired. Um, first Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. I want us to read something there. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. This talks about a wonderful personality that is Saul. Okay. Saul was the first king to be anointed over the people of Israel. That is very serious. To be selected by God as the first king over his nation. Most of us, we've been selected out of our family, where we are coming from. Probably you are the first generation Christian. Probably you are the one first person to get married. As a believer in the godly way, there's a lot of things that we have what been able to escape through what? Through the light of Christ. That was the vision. The vision was... Saul was to be a king. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. The vision was to heed. You see, the assignment, the will was to heed as a king. 
to listen to what God instructs. Note that. To listen to what God instructs. So as I said, the devil comes to steal, to, to kill, and to destroy. So the vision here in Saul's um, case was to be a king and to listen to whatever that God instructs him to do. We have a wonderful um, a king who has been instructed by God to do something. And when you read downwards, the Bible talks about God giving Saul um, an assignment to end Ken Agag and Amalekites. That was the instruction God gave. Saul, first king of what? Israel. End the race. Do this. This is the assignment. But for some reason, that assignment was never done. You see, most of us, the will that God has given to us, we are not being able to fulfill it because we are letting certain voices, we are letting certain systems, we are letting certain things that is not in line with the voice of God to interfere. The Bible says that we shouldn't conform to the things of the world. So the one that gave you the will, the one that saved you into his kingdom, and you have submitted yourself to him, has given you a will that you should follow. He has carved the way. And if he has carved the way, he is the best person to direct us the best person to direct us. So in our life, the, the little decisions that we take, the steps that we take, are we asking the Father? Are we engaging the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead us. So as we are on earth, we are all, all on earth for an assignment. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides us. If you are going out, do you spend time to tell the Holy Spirit, is it the right time to go out? If you want to buy something, is it the right? If you want to invest, is it the right thing? If you want to probably study, if you want to travel, is it the right? We should be able to have that fellowship. In, 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 in Genesis, the Bible says, and God came down in the cool of the day. That is to say there was a time that God had fellowship. So you realize that when God came and they had already disobeyed by eating, the Bible says they were hiding. And God knew that that wasn't the, the right way. Anytime that we disobey, you see, we don't listen to the voice of God. We tend to hide. We lose separation. The, the, the connectivity to hearing the voice of God becomes towards them disobedience to the Holy Spirit, to the promptings of God. Do you know why it does? It makes your antenna not able to what receive from God. So if you are the type that God always speaks to you, you realize that the voice of God becomes very, 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 very little. And when it becomes very little, you tend to Lord, look for other means. And that is where we, we start having familiar spirit directing us. We start having, I mean, people directing us. 
But the Bible says that the word of God, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our pathway. For you to be able to get to your finished work or your destiny is the word of God. If God's word isn't directing you, you can never get there. So the vision for Saul was to, one, um, be a king. His focus was to be a king and to what? Listen to the voice and the directions of God. But in the verse 9, when you read the verse 9, something happened. Let's jump to First Samuel chapter um, 15, verse 9. The Bible says that, and but Saul and the people sped Agag, and the best sheep of and the best of the sheep and the oxen and the fatling, the lambs, and at all the, there was good, and was unwilling to utterly destroy them. He was unwilling. That is to say that the will of God was prompting him to do it, but he was unwilling. What happened? Why did he get to that point? But everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. You see, for certain aspects of God's divine will for our life to be fully realized or to be seen, we need to utterly give ourselves out. God has to take over your life, your decision, your heart, every aspect. You don't say, Father, Lord, I've given you um, my, 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 my morning and my afternoon, my evening is for me. He has to have everything because he's the one who is taking you. He's the one leading you into his will. Into his will. Likewise, the apostle, disciple Judas, I mean, his vision and his will that God had carved for him through Jesus was to be an apostle. But for some reason, he was what? He was lost to the things of this world, that is money. The devil was able to steal that wonderful Judas. And the Bible says that he got himself killed by what? Ending his, his life. So the enemy comes to steal. That vision, that purpose that God gave to Saul was stolen. You see, the enemy comes to destroy the desire to keep the vision to walk in the will. So anytime that our vision is taken away, the sight of the will of God for your life is taken away. And doubt comes in. The desire to maintain that vision begins to die. So the enemy kills it. So whatever the fuels that desire to live holy, that desire to pray, that desire to read the word, that desire to, to, to decree and declare faith words, desire to surround yourself in the presence of God, desire to seek after God begins to die. Whenever sin comes in, 
okay? Whenever sin comes in, anytime disobedience comes in, the enemy has a foothold. See, the reason why a lot of believers are not walking in the divine world is because of disobedience. Whenever you disobey, you allow the devil to have a foothold to come in. And the enemy is very legal. See, the devil is always legal. Who resist you. Resist you. So sometimes we are praying. Sometimes you know that this is the will of God. But it's like you are not fully understanding it. You are seeing a lot of contention. Maybe, probably, you had disobeyed God in a way. And you have given an opening for the devil to come in. So I pray that we will not do that. So paid dearly. Because of disobedience, the Bible says, and in verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel and God said, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as a king, for he has turned back from following me. God is a jealous God. So we need to give him our life and everything. Anytime you turn away from God, see, that desire, once you turn away, once you disobey, once the enemy steals that vision, your desire to follow after, you need to make sure that you will always what? Build upon that desire. The so one sign that you are backsliding, you are moving away from the, the will of God from the, 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 the faith is when your desire for godly things starts to diminish. The enemy is so wise. So for you to be able to fully understand, fully walk in your will that God has given to you, you need to have that desire, godly desire deposited within you. The Bible says Jesus at 12 was in the temple and his, his parents were looking for him. And one thing that he said was, I must do, I must do my father's business. You see, it was a desire at 12. It was a desire that kept him. It was a desire that led him into the mountains. It was a desire that led him to spend all night in prayer, to move away from the crowd to be isolated and seek the face of God. As Christians, we are, no, we are no more in the world. So we don't need to conform to the things in the world. So probably people in the world might love to do certain things because the God of this world gives them that desire. Okay, that is the godly desire. But every believer has to have, or a Christian, anyone who has the spirit of God in, has to have the desires of God. Anything that brings glory to God, anything that honors the Father, anything that hallows his name, has to be your desire. So I always say that the things that you hear, the things that you, you say, the things that you think about, the things that you see, are they fooling the godly desire in you? Are they fooling the godly desire in you? Samson got disconnected from the presence of God because there was a desire for 
what God or what God had not prescribed for him. And because of that desire, he was what? Cut off. His hair was cut off. His glory was cut off. The enemy comes to steal. He will steal the vision. The vision for Samson was to to be a great deliverer, to be a judge over Israel. But it was terminated. It was terminated. The desire to be with people can help or bring you out of the will of God. There are certain associations they can either make or, or make you. The devil can easily make things feel like, um, or make you feel like you are alone. When he has stolen the vision, he wants to kill the desire. You make you feel like you are alone. And it will bring you to a point where the people who are supposed to strengthen you, supposed to encourage you, supposed to help you, supposed to hold your hands to help you fulfill your God-ordained assignment or to walk in your divine will, you push them away. You see, these are some of the things. Lots, I believe, if it wasn't for his association with Abraham, would have perished. For some reason, he was separated. And the Bible says that he, he wasn't going to Sodom and Gomorrah. He was just around. But for some reason, he found himself in Sodom and Gomorrah. See, there are certain associations, certain places that we go, we get drawn away. We get drawn away. And the enemy comes to destroy. To terminate the divine will, to terminate the divine will, or to bring about premature end. Premature end. So as believers, we need to always pray. Jesus says that pray without season. The scripture says, so pray that you will not fall into temptation because the devil is roaming like a what? A lion. And in this time that we have a lot of things flying around. We have a lot of things flying around. We have a lot of things flying around. So, how do we see the devil or find the demonic will or see a godly will or divine will being diverted? Whenever the devil comes, he brings doubts. When you have doubts, you can never, I mean, accomplish anything. The Bible says that, and the devil asked Eve, he questioned Eve of the will of God. See, the devil always comes to questions. He brings questions. He brings suggestions. You see, suggestions that will move you outside the will. So one of the ways to find out if the will, you are in the will or you are outside the will, is the suggestions, the ideas, the thoughts that you are having. Is it bringing you closer to God? Is it driving you towards the destination or is it moving you out? Ask yourself these questions. Does it please the Father? Satan provides suggestions which will 
and are planting ungodly desires, desires, ungodly desires. See, the, your desire determines whether you become obedient or disobedient. So if it's a godly desire, you will seek to obey the things of God. You will seek to live holy. You seek to honor the Father with your body. Romans chapter 12 says something. Say, I beseech you, brethren, that you will present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You see? Then, after obeying and doing all those things, you will be able to know the perfect will. So it is the desire to present yourself as you are desiring to live holy, to live righteous, in that the divine will and the perfect will of God will be revealed and will be uncovered. And you see yourself walking into it. Joseph's divine will or his assignment was to be what? A great leader a prime minister, to secure the nation Israel. He saw it through a dream, through a vision. But before that came, he had to nurture the desire to grow into it. So the Bible says that when he was in the house of Potiphar, when Potiphar's wife came in to tempt him, he said, I cannot sin against God. I cannot allow the desire you want me to have with you compromise my divine assignment, my divine will. So one of the ways that we can maintain and secure our divine will is to be disciplined. Is to be disciplined that we will make sure that we will be disciplined and we will make sure that we will engage the fear of God because he kept his righteousness and his holiness. And his righteousness and holiness that can bring you into the divine will of God. One thing that the enemy will do is, once you deny one desire, he will bring another desire. So when Jesus was being tempted, the Bible says that, and the devil came in other um, translations in the other synoptic gospels. 40 days, he came tempted. But in other ones, he said, after he had fasted, he came. The first one turned the stone into bread. He, after that, he took him to another place. Throw yourself down. Another place, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. That if you bow down, see... The devil comes to bring suggestions, suggestions, doubts, suggestions that will cause you to, to, to rethink, to doubt, even if life is, is worth living. Bring, you bring certain suggestions that why are you even still praying? I mean, the praying you are praying, you're not seeing any results. Why are you even still keeping holy? I mean, people are I mean, messing up around and you're getting rich. Why are you even, I mean, Thinking of even um, staying holy. I mean, you can watch um, certain things on the TV, pornographic materials, do anything that you want to do and feel okay. 
But these are not the suggestions of God. They don't bring hope. They don't bring hope. So if you allow these suggestions to grow, see, consistent heeding to these suggestions, what you keep on hearing grows into desires. So when you keep on hearing faith, hearing godly, godly songs, spirit-filled songs, sermons that exalt the, the presence of God in your life, that instructs you to walk in righteousness, and best for a desire to what? See the will of God done, to help the will of the Father established in your life, in your family. And these influence your actions. So if you sit down and analyze your life, you realize that you are what you entertain in your life. So if you keep on hearing fear, 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 you realize that even if you're a student, that you will not pass, you will not pass your exams. If it keeps on ringing, you realize that the desire to study will be cut off and you'll be afraid. And you'll never be able to what? Take the necessary steps to pass. So what you engage yourself in, that consistency should be godly. Create that atmosphere all the time. There's not a day you are supposed to go without the word of God, thinking about it, speaking it to yourself, pondering over it, asking God questions, asking the Holy Spirit questions, engaging the Holy Spirit. Is this the right way? And it will help. Disobedience initiates sin and brings in the desires which will lead you outside the will of God. It will bring about separation. Disobedience brings about lack of desire for the things of God. So you lose the desire for prayer, desire for studying the word, realize that you have certain desires for certain things. And the, the one way of building that will, gaining the understanding to work in the will of God, you will what? Reduce it. Fellowshipping with brethren. You see, sometimes... You need a fellow believer, a fellow Christian to strengthen you. So it's, it's not a surprise that Jesus sent out the disciples in two. The Bible says that iron sharpened iron. So we need each other. Man was never created to be alone. Likewise, your divine world, the assignment God has given to you is dependent on somebody. For Jesus to be able to fulfill his assignment, he had to go through the, the hands of John the Baptist. He had to meet John the Baptist. And in doing that, his heavens was opened. For David to become a king, the Bible says that, and David came into the palace to play the harp when Saul, after he had disobeyed and God had left him, he had to humble himself and play. To what? To the king for 
the spirit of God to come upon him. He needed Saul. He needed Saul to know how to move in the palace, to learn the ways of the palace. We all need a man, a woman. But the question is, are they godly? Are they going to give you godly counsel? Someone said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the people that you surround yourself with, the people that speak into your life, they have to be godly. And in the multitude of a godly counsel, your life and your will is established. You see, your life and your will is established. Disobedience exposes your inadequacies for you to capitalize on them. So any time that we disobey God, we start to lose sense of God and we start focusing on our weakness, on our weakness, on our weakness. In Genesis, when man fell and had disobeyed God by listening to the suggestions of Satan or the devil, the Bible says that, and they hid themselves, and they realized that they were naked. You see, earlier, because they had focus and vision, they weren't seeing whatever that was around because God had covered them. There's a cover around you. There's a hedge around you. One of the reasons why we go through unnecessary frustrations in life is because that we break focus. We break the hedge around us. We break it. And then when we break it, we start to look at other places. You see, when the focus is not on the word, when I say the word, I'm talking about Jesus. He's the, he the person we are looking at. We cannot go to the Father unless we go through Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So everything that we are as believers, for us to have the will, is through him. So the moment we break focus, the moment we break focus, you are going to experience the, the weakness. You are going to see certain lapses in your life and it will bring frustration. That is where you find people, I mean, losing sight of what you are supposed to do and start focusing on others' assignments. And you begin to, to, to ask unnecessary questions. That Father, why is it that this brother is, is moving fast, is moving in that wonderful life, is having a wonderful marriage, is having a wonderful business, is having a wonderful ministry. I mean, is living in this wonderful place. But the problem is, the will of God is, for your life is different from their life. And all that he wants is to focus on me. Jesus told Peter, come. And he came. As long as he was looking onto Jesus, he was going. By the moment he moved his eyes from Jesus and he started looking at the storms around the water, he began sinking. And that is why most of us, we are, we are focusing on what people are saying. And one of the things that the social media age is bringing is bringing about unnecessary frustration. 
that you see people posting things, you see people saying things, and we assume it is the de facto, it is the norm. But the word always says, don't conform to the world. You only conform your life to what God says in his word. And that comes with fellowship. That comes with obedience to whatever that he says. And in doing that, you will be able to know his perfect will. So to summarize, the devil comes to steal the vision. He comes to destroy the desire for you to what? Build up that vision, to build up and walk in that will. And he destroys it's when you don't have that desire. So one of the ways that we can avoid that is to be obedient, to be obedient to the voice of God. As First Samuel chapter 15 verse 1 says that, if Saul can hear and to heed to the voice of God, as long as he can heed and to obey, he will be king. But if he does not, he will not. The command that God gave to Joshua, he said, if you will meditate upon this book of the Lord day and night, if you let it mold you, if you let it be your framework, and not think about Moses' rod, because Moses was using a rod, who shed the rod in a, upon the rock and water will come out. He will throw the rod upon the ground and will turn into snake and swallow. I mean, he would, he would pick up um, the rod and stretch it to the, the sea and the sea will part. So he was looking at that and was expecting, God, why don't you give me something like that? And God said, follow the word. Your assignment, the divine will I have for you is totally different. So tonight, I want you to come back to the point where you, you tell the father, the father, I want to obey you in everything. By engaging you in every little thing in my life, I'm going to come to you and give you the place of priority in my life because I don't want to conform to any other will in the world, but I want to conform to your will.